We've got a great Atomic Moms episode for you guys today. But first, I want to talk about my dirty laundry. In 2006, my boyfriend at the time and I used to go out on cute little laundromat dates. Okay, but it's 2015 now, and he's been my husband for like ever. And we even have a two-year-old. And he's still washing the same exact underwear and undershirts. This is why I'm bringing up our sponsor, Mac Weldon. They're reinventing men's basics. And I don't know who the model is on the front page of their MacWeldon.com, but you need to check him out. Okay, so the site is simple to use. There's socks, hoodies, sweatpants, t-shirts, etc. I gave some to Adam. He put on the undershirt and he said it, it felt like he wasn't wearing anything. He like did a GQ pose. They're really nice people. So if you buy something and you don't like it, you can keep it and they'll reimburse you, no questions asked. And another great thing is it's naturally antimicrobial. It eliminates the odor. MacWeldon.com. Get 20% off using the promo code ATOMIC. Get it. Stock up for the holidays. You know, just surprise him. And he'll think about you all day in his little undies. And get 20% off using our promo code ATOMIC. Hey, y'all. Whoa, the text just came out. Hi, everyone. It's Ellie Noss with Atomic Moms. We are a weekly podcast that celebrates the beauty and diversity of modern parenting. Uh, for those new to us, we explore the many different options we have when it comes to conception, birth, and raising a child. We laugh a lot. Um, I do this kind of a really annoying cackle. And we get a little hippy-dippy and spiritual. And we often put our feet in our mouth, foot in our mouth. Is it? Ugh. I put my foot in my mouth often. Okay, guys, you get the point. So through the personal stories of celebrity guests, fancy pants experts, and the ridiculous escapades of my co-host Bianca Kylik and myself, Atomic Moms leaves no stone unturned and no nose upturned. You can subscribe on iTunes and listen anywhere you can, any app that you listen to a podcast on, we're there. And share with friends because word of mouth is everything for us. And we'd love to get our numbers up. So help us out in that way and we appreciate it. Uh, Bianca is working her butt off on Undateable right now. So I'm holding down the fort. This feels a little bit like when your partner goes back to work after their maternity or paternity leave and then you're with the baby and you're like, we both love this baby so much and we got to keep it thriving and you're going back to work and how's it going to happen? Um, (laughs) It's going to be great. I'm having so much fun on social media with you all. You can find us at Atomic Moms on Instagram and on Facebook and Twitter, of course. If you have ideas for shows, reach out, tag a friend, say, this is what I want to hear about. Get a little bossy. We love to hear from you. Uh, Today, I have a really special guest. His name is Ethan Sawyer. He is a voiceover actor. He is a certified Myers-Briggs specialist, which is the personality type thingy. Uh, He's also a curriculum writer and a grant writer, and he's been a theater director and a motivational speaker and a community organizer. But what really we're here to talk to him about is college essays. He's a college essay guy and Tons of people look to him for guidance for college essays. And you might be thinking, Ellie, my kid is two years old. Like, what do I care about college essays? Well, a lot because it's really about finding your personal statement. And that's for our children, but also for ourselves. And he's going to talk to us today about really sort of whittling down what our core values are as parents and as human beings. And he's also going to talk to us about how our personality types kind of drive how we behave and how we can be more empathetic with one another. And the craziest thing is he just spent a week at Burning Man with his 10-month-old baby. Uh, If you don't know what Burning Man is, look it up online. It's insane. I would never do it. Like, it's scarier to me than a haunted house. It's like thousands of hippies in the desert without a target nearby. So stick around. You're going to hear great things from Ethan Sawyer. We'll be right back. Dear listeners, we are back with Ethan Sawyer. 
He has studied at 17 different schools. He was raised in Spain, Ecuador, and Colombia. He's worked as a teacher, curriculum writer, voice actor, grant writer, theater director, motivational speaker, community organizer, and truck driver. Okay, I need a nap after reading that. That was so exhausting. You've done so many things. Okay, he's a certified Myers-Briggs specialist and a proud active member of the Western Association of College Admissions Counselors and the National Association of College Admissions Counselors. So he's super legit. Through collegeessayguy.com, mm-hmm. you have worked with a lot of students from like tons of different socioeconomic backgrounds. Totally. <laughs> uh, how are you, Ethan? I feel awesome. I have my tea and I have my water. It's like my, you know, calming thing and my like, I don't know, hydrating thing. So I feel great. And we're in our fancy studio. We are. You came all the way across town. We appreciate it. Totally. And you have a busy day. I do. You are a man about town. Yesterday, were you, you were in Malibu. Yesterday was Malibu High School. Can we talk about that for half a second? What sure. were you doing at Malibu High School? What do all the kids look like? Do they all look super rich? <laughs> Are they super clean and like shiny? I bet they feel like I bet they have perfect pores. They're all tanned and blonde and they all drive Lexi. So yeah. Lexi, like multiple Lexuses. Yeah, exactly. No, they you know, they're I was helping them with, with college essays and I'd say it's predominantly white. I think that all yeah, I think all the kids I met with pretty much were white, you know awesome kids and and all had really amazing or really emotionally available like there was something about it's the ocean was it the ocean <laughs> i think so i, I think say. it relaxes them i just sensed that they were these kids were like ready to roll like i would ask them deep personal questions and they'd be like yeah okay there would be like a pause and then be like all right let's go there and one the first kid that i spoke with and this is kind of like a joke about my friends is like the first kid that i talked to within like 90 seconds he was crying and it's kind of like a running thing. I've, I've, this has happened like at like social gatherings where I'll get into like a private conversation with somebody and I'll just ask them a couple questions and it's like, boom, tears. But this is like a new record. Um, I got it. I'm going to admit this right now, okay. Ethan, because part of your thing is like the personality, the Myers-Briggs specialist, right? And we share our personality type and mm-hmm. we'll dig into that later. Mm-hmm. But there's a part of you that I kind of think your missed calling was as a cult leader. <laughs> I've been, my friends roasted me for my birthday, uh-huh. uh, like a week ago, and this was like a common theme. What, you being a cult leader? The cult leader thing. I did not know that. Yeah, so. But I, I feel it. <laughs> okay, I want to go back to Malibu, though. Okay, cool. I, let's just spend the hour in Malibu. Was yeah. it warm? It was fine, yeah. I mean, I was mostly indoors making kids cry, so. Yeah, did they cry? <laughs> I mean, it's half joking, but, you know, I feel like part of this work, part of this thing that I do is about like, and we only have 30 minute sessions. I had 30 minute sessions with eight kids. So the trick was, and the trick of this work is like, how do I help people go deep fast? What is like the theme? What's the title? Like when parents get the newsletter, what are, what does it say? Cause a kid will go home and be like, I met this guy named Ethan Sawyer. We touched deep into my soul. It was only a 30 minute session. Now I know what I'm doing with my life. But what was, what's the theme? Like college essays? Which, by the way, is kind of like my dream scenario, like that I would have a 30 minute conversation with somebody and someone would say that changed my life and I'll never see that person again, which is totally like hashtag missionary kid. Yeah, because you don't (laughs) want to see that person again. Well, because because I think I grew up like being able to like learning how to make friends really fast. But ultimately, and this is my friends will make fun of me for this, like ultimately like intimacy, like the deeper, like really getting in there. Some people will say Ethan is kind of really afraid of that, like really going deep. Oh, that's a really good point. My wife said that I'm an alien. This is at her, the roast. She said I'm an alien who's actually just like, I'm actually collecting emotions <laughs> so that I can like show them back to people, which is kind of, that's like, and if you really knew me, which is kind of like a scary thought. That's where the cult thing comes in, right. like the alien part of it. Because <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of cult leaders that are like, believe that they're, you know, aliens. It's like a really weird first impression. But for, I, yeah, <laughs> go ahead. we'll go back to, I promise guys, this man will get your kid into college and we will get all into that. Please don't promise that. Go ahead. No, you will. Uh, I'll promise it. You don't have to. Uh, I know what you're talking about, though, because when I had my blog after my tumor surgery and, you know, I'd put things out there on the Huffington Post and I would get these incredible, like, profound emails back about how much you know, what I wrote or a story I shared about, I have a great aunt Ida who's now 104, like how much that affected them and changed the way that they're living their lives. And they've all had really, you know, the people that bother to write usually mm. have had so much pain mm-hmm. and they they want that connection. And it, 
there is that moment of like, oh, but now I don't know what to do. I'm so glad I helped mm-hmm. or what I shared helped, but I don't, now I feel like some sort of responsibility of helping this person and I want them to like move in, but I don't, you know what I mean? Like then it gets weird and I freak out. So can I Myers-Briggs you for just a second? Oh my God, yes. <laughs> so when what I'm projecting to based on our personality type, because I was totally dealing with this morning, is that based on your intuitive feeler, really, you know, tapping into people's emotions and being empath- really empathetic and feeling what people are feeling, there's this part of you that wants to do something, but actually you don't have to do anything, right? Is that... Is that registering at all? Yes. But then if I'm not doing anything, then I'm sitting and I'm early to the what's meeting my, and I'm And what's my out. value and what's my worth? This yes. is something that I struggle with even this morning. Two kids email me and they're like, hey, I need help with essays. And I'm super swamped right now. So I was like kind of stressing about this on the car drive over here. And then I went, oh, wait. Boom. And I just connected them. And I was like, hey, you guys like help each other. You know? And I was like, okay. And I, that's the email that I just sent before you walked in. Cause, and I felt so much better. And I think that's part of what I'm getting better at doing is finding ways. And part of like the website is like cr- creating free resources and telling people like, you don't need me. You don't need to rely on me to do this. You can actually do this yourself. And your website is college essay guy. College essay guy. Com. Com, yeah. And, and so at Malibu, though, the title of your oh, thing right. was... Oh, right. So it's just, you know, come here, come work with... It was just like a one-on-one, a series of one-on-one sessions with the college essay guy. Um, and some people know who that is, and some people don't. Some people, like one of the students, I was like working with her, and, and then I was like, here, you know, on my website, I've got this resource. And she's like, oh, you're this guy? And I was like, yeah. So that's starting to happen a little bit, which is kind of weird. Like, I had a girl... Like well, kind hello. Of freak out you're because... a guest on Atomic Moms. So you, you have to be a BFD. <laughs> she... Got it. I love that. She, this girl, like, actually approached me a couple weeks ago and was like, "Oh my gosh, you're Tumblr famous." And I was like, "Uh, maybe my social media guy is Tumblr famous." But I, so that's kind of starting to happen where there are little people who are starting to recognize oh, your social media guy. guy. My social media guy. A different person or different you? Different person. Different person. Okay. Yeah. Who's helping you? Yeah. Got it. Your social media person, because you have so many different careers. Because I have so many. Because I can't do everything, and that's something else that I'm really getting better at is trying to not do everything. How are you with that? Are you? I'm a disaster. Are you? <laughs> but I always thought that my need to do so many different things at once, I thought maybe that was me trying to overcompensate from s- some lack of self-worth or something. Where are you in the birth order, by the way? I'm an only child with my mother and father. Mm-hmm. And then I have a very much younger half-brother and half-sister. And then I have two stepbrothers from my mom's second marriage and then I've got two stepsisters from my mom's third marriage. I'm an only child with six kind of siblings. Okay, and are they younger or older? Uh, one of my stepbrothers <laughs> is older and I think my stepsister might be like a couple months okay. older and that's it. Cool. So I'm projecting that as, as... But for like nine years I was alone. Okay, so then what I'm projecting is probably not accurate because as an oldest sibling, like I feel certain responsibilities to you know to stand out and to support. Oh, I do too. Yeah, to stand out. Oh, because you wanted to feel just having like gotten lots of positive affirmation growing up. What's that? No, I'm kidding. My parents just freaked out. They're like, we gave you so much information. (laughs) Well, I think Um, that that's part of sometimes what's running me is like that I, I, oh, you're doing a great job. You're doing a great job. It's like my internal question. I love the gold stars. Yeah. Am I still doing, am I still getting the gold star? Yeah. Yeah. But then I also think that it's just our person. What I found encouraging with looking up the Myers-Briggs thing is like, oh, this is just like a part of who I am. It's not like good or bad. It's right. just my personality type. Right. You and me and Oprah. Oprah's an ENFJ. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. I'm wondering what can we as parents take away from what you're teaching mm. these students? How can you make us cry in under 30 minutes? <laughs> Great. I love this question. Um, so I feel like. At, at the core of this work, and by this work, I mean like we're basically telling the stories of our lives when we're writing this college essay. But it's 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 more than just getting into college. Like it's kind of like, so to answer your question more directly, the core of the work I think is identifying our core values. And by core values, I mean like, here I, I brought a worksheet for you. I love homework. Yeah, I mean, good. starting in I preschool, I asked my dad to make me homework. Okay. So I want you to just look at this and I want you to identify like two or three really important values to you. And while you're thinking about that, I'm going to say something about this. Okay. So what I'm, what I'm giving Ellie here is like this worksheet that just says, what do I value? 
And uh, the way that I use this with students is I'll have them identify their top 10 values. And then after a couple minutes, I'll say, okay, now of those 10, choose your top five. And then of those top five, we go down to top three, and then they choose their, their top value. And this is useful in a few ways. One is that I feel like by identifying our core values, um, in terms of the college essay, I feel like these are the things that are going to carry you through college and beyond. Like these are the ways that you're going to be, you know, to add something to a college campus and beyond. They're also kind of this magic glue when it comes to identifying why a certain career is going to be good for you. So Ellie, while you're marking those that are important to you, I also want you to put a little star beside like, if you had to think of like, like when you think about what your career is or, you know, how you identify it, like how would you define, I know that's kind of hard because you probably, you do a lot of things, but when you think of like the, the okay. super version of yourself, uh-huh. like, you know, however you would label that or brand that, like identify also just a little star uh, like qualities that you feel like would be useful in that career or in that field and the reason that's useful is for students for example who want to be doctors if they can identify four or five values that are like really core for their vision of a great doctor what they can then do in the essay is start to identify okay how did i develop these core values like how did these become important to me and when like when specifically and by articulating these values we see lots of different little stories that by the end when they say i want to be a doctor the reader goes oh my god you're going to be an amazing doctor because you've developed these values so ellie's done with her homework so <laughs> ellie well, so i was listening to you i'm curious that's okay so we'll so see i'm curious to hear just about you know what are some of your core values for today like what are some of those that you marked off Okay, my core values. Uh, Just maybe I would two or say three. loyalty, mm-hmm. independence, mm-hmm. empathy, and laughter. And if you had to just pick one for today, which one is the most meaningful to you? I think empathy. Say say more. Say why. Say why? Yeah. Like, why does that so mean so much to you today? I think because. I think it's all that really matters to me. It's what all I've ever wanted is to feel a sense of connection Mm. with another person. And I think that's why I started with theater and dance and this idea that I can sort of help other people feel their emotions or Mm. I can, through art, I can express the unsaid. Mm. And in that way, it sounds so cliche now. Everyone's saying like, you know, not feel so alone. Mm -hmm. But there were many times growing up where I did feel really, really alone. Mm -hmm. And then the art was the way I could connect. Even it was just listening to like Broadway musicals. It'd be like, oh, if I'm singing what the character's singing, we're both feeling this thing. That's huge. That's huge. And how does that connect to Atomic Moms? Well, the messages that I get such a kick out of from our listeners is when they say, you know, I'm washing the dishes and I'm exhausted and my baby's in her little bouncer on the floor mm-hmm. and I'm so tired and you made me laugh. Or, God, I thought like, oh, I'm not the only one in this. And so I think that's it. That for whatever reason, we've been gifted with this opportunity to like have a microphone mm-hmm. and get to share this stuff and to reach out to these experts that we normally only get to sort of pick their brains by reading their books or looking at their blogs. Mm-hmm. And like for whatever reason, we get to we get to ask them the questions that I think a lot of moms are are wondering about. Did that answer anything? That was super clear. And you totally get the gold star right now. Yay! <laughs> and what I mean by that is like, you just spoke like a beautifully organized college essay. <laughs> or like, like, like write this down, like record, take that and just transcribe it. And here's like the why, the why behind Atomic Moms. Because I feel like you just like tracked like a core theme throughout your whole life and went like, and here's, and, and it was like super vulnerable too. It's like mm. you connected all these like, you know, core experiences together through this common theme. And then we're like, oh, and that's, and then, you know, with a leading question, I was like, and how does it lead to this? Right. And it was like, oh, it's really clearly connected to this. So I'm just curious, like when you were sharing about that, like, how did it feel? Like, what was that experience? Like just sharing about this core value and how it's manifest in your life. 
it feels good when I'm doing it and then looking or like trying to think back on it. I'm like, I don't know what I said. Mm. Cool. I mean, from my, from where I'm sitting, like, you know, friend Ethan or like counselor, how Ethan is like, it was super clear. It was clearly bullet pointed. It connected like all your activities, <laughs> like your yeah. early passions. Yeah. And then was like, and you could even go back further and say like, well, here's where this maybe even started. Like maybe you were born with it or maybe, but you, I love the thing that the vulnerability where you, where it's like, this is what I deeply want. Like this is, it's helping you fulfill this like unmet need this. And by unmet need, I mean just like this need to connect and to desire to yes. reach out. So, and I feel like unmet need can be seen as something negative or mm-hmm. like, oh, that's an a gaping hole in ourselves or something, this unmet need. But I think it's, if we can figure out what that is, it's such an energy source because I have no problem driving an hour to come do these sessions. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like there are most, I'm terrified of driving. There are a Mm -hmm. lot of things I will not get in my car for an hour to do. But this, it's an easy drive because Mm -hmm. it's like, yes, I get to come do this thing. So whatever our unmet needs are, like, you know, get them fulfilled, but also know that that's, that's where the energy comes from. Totally. And that's what, when people are like, you know, sometimes students will ask me like, how do I make my essay deep? Like you speak about your unmet needs and like the emotions connected to those. And it gives us this layer of, I mean, what I think is ultimately like vulnerability. And this is this, this, some of my questions and some of my language is coming from nonviolent communication, which basically puts forth that our emotions, like when we're in conflict with somebody or in conflict with ourselves, a lot of times that's based on our, some unmet needs, something, some little part of ourselves that's like thirsty. And so to, to, and I've heard a little bit about it, but can you explain to our listeners sure. what nonviolent communication is? And like, is there a specific Bible for that? Yeah, totally. If you just like Google nonviolent communication, Marshall Rosenberg is the guy who wrote the book on it, literally. And um, it's, it's changed my life. I mean, I feel like, so nonviolent communication, I kind of just ex- explained it in a sentence, but it's basically that the notion that we are feeling all types of things. And when we're in conflict with somebody, if we, for example, if I speak to you based on, Usually when, I, when we're in conflict, when people are in conflict, not you and I because we haven't fought, but it's because yet. we, yet, I was going to say that, um, because it's, it's, we, we tend to blame each other. And we, we think we're speaking in terms of emotions. Like we'll say things like, I feel judged. But like that's not actually an emotion. Ju- being judged is actually a value judgment, like saying that you are doing this thing to me. So what nonviolent communication teaches us to do is to tap into what we're actually feeling and to speak about it from a vulnerable place. Like I feel scared or I feel sad. And then t- to connect that to a deeper, you know, an unmet need. So I like, for example, let's say we're in conflict. Rather than saying I feel judged, I, I might say like I feel scared, Ellie, because I, I-, I want to connect with you. Or like I want, I want to, you know, I want to be accepted by you, and like it's such a more vulnerable place to come from, and like bringing that into like storytelling in terms of like the work that I do feels like, like what in, in bringing this work in now I feel like this and this is kind of the answer to like how do you make someone cry in like ninety seconds is like you just start <laughs> asking them about their unmet needs. <laughs> oh my god, our mothers will have like five hundred pages for you. Right. Or you um, know, the, especially the new moms. Right. Right. Suddenly oh my there gosh. are so many new unmet needs. Well, sure. And 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 so by articulating, so to answer another question that you had, which is like, how does articulating our core values help? And there's a worksheet on my site that's free download. People can just do this, and I recommend doing it and like talk about it with your spouse my wife and I will like talk about our core values and why there are core values I think for me like today for example I was, I was a little stressed because I've got a lot going on and I was like okay what would I tell one of my students like what would I do and I was like oh let me just come back to my core values my core values are like helping others and I went okay am I helping others yeah I'm doing this like week-long webinar I'm good okay what else you know like oh, I'm trying to think of what the other one was it was uh Productivity, you know, that's one of my, or something like efficiency. And I'm like, am I doing that? I'm like, yeah, oh, stability is a huge one for me right now. As a new dad, having an 11 month old, like being financially stable is a huge one. Like, and so I was like, you know, are we financially stable? Like, yeah, actually, we're good. So coming back to my core values and like identifying those and, and like breathing into those and going, am I, are, are my needs met? And are, am I fulfilling those values in my work and in my life? Yeah. So it gave me like a real sense of calm. It also gives me like a real sense of confidence when I can say to people like, here's what I stand for and here's what's really meaningful to me. I love that because it's also about cutting out the crap because there are so many things that Mm -hmm. 
pressure, like I feel so much pressure about so many things that aren't my actual core values. And I feel yeah. like so much about growing up is figuring out like what are my core what values versus like what I was even raised with. Right. Because my parents' core values aren't always my core values. Totally. And so much of our friction ends up coming from totally. that. But sort of being like, okay, well wait, is that my core value or is that what I was raised with? Whose is that, yeah. Whose is that? And why am I feeling that pressure? Because a lot of the times when I'm kind of being miserable <laughs> is because I'm chasing after something because it feels like, oh, that was a, my, a parent's core yeah. value. It, and so another value of this and the value of the values is, is in <laughs> decision-making. Like when it comes to making a decision, what am I, it's really hard for me to say no. Um, you know, as an intuitive feeler, I want to say yes to things and please other people. One of the things that really helps me in saying no is there's something that Eckhart Tolle call, talks about in, I think it's a new earth, but he talks about a high quality no. And a high quality no is really assessing what am I saying yes to instead? So identifying these core values can really help me see, okay, if I'm saying no to the student who needs help, it's because I'm saying yes to my own sense of calm, for example. And if I can really tap into that and own that, that other core value, it can help me, as you said, cut away the crap and make clearer decisions. I think oh, it's such a hard thing for moms like because it does totally. it feels like there's so many things coming at us all at once or so many quick decisions to make and then feeling guilty about like you can't make that third birthday party on a Saturday totally or you can't you know like all of these things there's so much guilt man being a parent is just like one big <laughs> boulder guilt of guilt yeah totally totally for it me is a guilt fest. the guilt comes like because I love my work and I really love and want to spend time with my daughter. And so, I mean, I'm fighting that every single day this morning as I'm like hanging out with her from, I'm with her every morning from six to eight. And I'm like, I probably should check my email. And then I'm like, but I promised myself I wouldn't check my email. And so, I mean, that's for me, like where the daily struggle comes in is like wanting to be. So my, this is where the, and the core values come into conflict, right? So I have a core value of like being present with my daughter specifically and connecting with her. But I also have this core value of like helping others. And so, you know, it's, it's not to say that like by defining them, we're able to, um, to solve everything, but I feel like I can more clearly understand, okay, what, what are these forces that are acting on me <laughs> that are pulling me in these opposite directions? And then hopefully, you know, act with more, you know, awareness as I'm moving through the day. Can a core value also be like something that you know, you've totally let go to hell. Like, oh, if yeah. I, aspirational if I core love, values. Yeah, can we do aspirational core values? Totally. Okay, because like maybe I'll work wanna... on it more if I'm aware of, like, I'll just say it for our listeners right now. What if serenity were one of my core values? Mm. That core value right now is out in the desert in like a hole. Right. But maybe the, the, the counselor <laughs> me wants to fetch it. wants to ask you like, so how could you bring serenity into your life like today? Like, Xanax. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I love it. I know. I'm having a mom group tonight mm. at our home and I can ask the other mamas to bring the food themselves. Awesome. That sounds like a really good idea. It's a good idea. But see, but then my other, you know, this. Are they going to get it right? Are they going to do it? What's, what's going well, on? Well, <laughs> with that is more just the pride thing of like, but I want to seem like I have it together and like I want, I want a caretake and I, I know that, you know. Are you hosting it at your house? I'm hosting it at my You're house. Good. You're good. That's all you need to do. Yeah. I think no one else cares. Nobody else cares. No one cares about the snacks. <laughs> did you like, did you help organize it at all? Like, yes. I just always feel a responsibility. Yeah, I know. Totally. I totally get that. I'm just some outside voice that who's saying like externally like you're fine you're good you now you can focus on your other core values like <laughs> serenity 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 okay yeah. okay so what are ways besides this worksheet that moms can figure out what their core values are and and how can they start on a daily basis like implementing them or sort of celebrating what they are totally well i'd say just one of the things that's really hard as a new parent is just having time to like think about stuff right because it's like i should probably clean the house right now and i should probably like uh is oh i should probably you know take my stuff to the, run errands or whatever that is one of the things that i really love to do is to take 
15 minute walk around my neighborhood. Like one, not usually like, it's like one or two times around my block and I'll have a conversation. This is going to sound a little woo woo, but I'll have a conversation with my higher we self. Love Do you love woo woo? I mean, this podcast is so woo woo. Okay. It's wow. But I'm great. But I'm going to, I'm going to take it to the next level. So there's this guy, Tim Kelly. This is where we all join your cult. Okay. <laughs> and he does this thing called, this is exercise and you can get the CD. It's called, um, it's, it's, it's a conversation with your trusted source. Okay. You get, it's too much? No, I love it. <laughs> okay. I th- like my mother, I could just like feel my mother like in my face just then. Really? I was like making a, um, <laughs> my mom, my mother's face, but I want it. I'm, I'm so, uh, my, I'm with you. Okay. So here's what I, leg- oh, you like how your mom would respond to that? Yeah. Oh, got you. Okay. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm a shapeshifter. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes I turn into my mother. Awesome. So there's this exercise basically involves speaking to the part of yourself that really deeply knows. And there's, there are parts of ourselves that think we know and that kind of question things, but there's actually a part of you that actually really knows. And yeah. you, in this exercise, and it takes like 30 minutes to do it, like, right. But you basically, I basically have a conversation with this higher trusted source. You know, I was, and I can do it with my daughter. Like I was walking with her this morning oh. and we were walking around the block and I was having this conversation with my trusted source asking, like just checking in, being like, so what's up today? And usually my trusted source is just quiet and just looks at me. And yet, you know, everybody has like a different image of what this looks like. And you know, this can be different things for different people. For some, it's like the Holy Spirit. And for some, it's like, you know, God. And for some people, it's just like this guy in like a black turban. Mine listens to me a lot because... I'll say some stuff and then he'll just kind of like give me a look and I'm like, yeah, I know. And so really quickly I can sort of tap into this deeper part of myself that actually has the answers, but I have to like take a minute to actually go and like have that conversation. So I would say. And you can do that on a walk. You can do that on a walk and you can do it on a walk with your kid. Like I'm, I'm, I have her in the baby Bjorn and you know, she's chilling in that looking at stuff and I'm having this conversation with my trusted source. So I'm kind of going against the whole presence with my daughter thing, but I feel like I'm recharging and I'm reconnecting with this deeper part of me. That's like, you know, trying to tap into what's really important to me. And she's probably feeding off of that too. I feel like you're being super present. I mean, you're doing skin to skin basically (laughs) or t-shirt to t-shirt. And it's kind of a meditation. So yeah, I could totally see that. she's probably totally vibing off of your... My trusted source? Yeah, (laughs) for sure. I just tripped out on the notion of like introducing her to my trusted source one day. Yeah, maybe um, do that before she can start talking. Right. So that she doesn't tell everybody that you... (laughs) Come into the room. I'm going to introduce you to my trusted source. (laughs) I I think a lot of moms could do that while they're nursing too. Mm Or feeding their kids like with bottles. Like that's such a relaxing time. Here's the 30 second version or like I'll give the 15 second version. You imagine yourself like and maybe people can do this, but you close your eyes. You imagine yourself walking into an open clearing, a space where it's safe. There's lots of, you know, air and light and a person appears or a being appears. And this is your trusted source. And you're getting ready to have a conversation with this person. And before you have the conversation, you have to ask yourself, is there anything standing in the way of this conversation? And you imagine like embodying that. So for me, I'm like a, there's like a, a, a secretary, an assistant that needs to like write down some stuff. And I have to tell that person to like, go sit down for a few minutes while I have this conversation. So you kind of remove the obstacles and then you have an opportunity to ask whatever questions you want of this trusted source. And the first time you do it, I recommend doing it with your eyes closed, like in a quiet place. But once you've done it and you've kind of anchored this relationship to this deeper part, I find that it's really easy to just tap in. Like even when I'm like doing the dishes or, you know, hanging out with Zola, like just quickly tap in and go, are we good? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I do need to relax. Yeah. Okay. Things are okay. Okay. We're good. Thanks. You know? And so it can get a lot easier just to practice. So that's what I'd recommend. And what was the name of the Tim Kelly, okay. uh, the true purpose Institute. He's got a K E L L E Y. If you just search on Amazon, okay. his finding your purpose CD is like, you know, whatever, 10 or 15 bucks. And it's awesome. So, right. Yeah. We'll be right back. Can we talk about personality yes. Can I do, so I kind of, this is a surprise, but I brought your personality report. Oh, I love this. And I'm not, I'm totally doing it wrong in terms of like, this is not like me delivering an actual Myers-Briggs thing. Right. There would be okay. much more set up in context, but I'm just going to like throw some stuff at you and you tell me if it resonates Great. or not. Okay. So here it says um, that you're, we'll start simple. So people like Ellie are usually warm, outgoing, and talkative. I think that matches. Okay. It says you make friends easily and you're often popular and well-liked because you're enthusiastic and cheerful. 
People say you have a gift for language and you're able to articulate your strong beliefs and opinions with tact. Is that true? Yeah. I mean, I don't... Yeah, sure. It says, Ellie is quite empathetic. Yes. And seems to know what other people are feeling. Yes. Tension fights her conflict, make her very uncomfortable, so she tries to please others and make peace between her friends. Yes. Yes. Um, Ellie hates direct confrontation and will soften her message or even avoid telling the entire hard truth if she feels she might hurt someone's feelings. Until I feel like I'm backed in the corner and then I like... <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> yeah, then I, have a, then I have a mouth. Knives out. Okay. Yeah, but that's more family. Like yeah. go straight for the jugular thing. Creative and imaginative, Ellie may love learning, daydreaming, and entertaining others with her po- Atomic Moms podcast. Ah, uh, with her many artistic talents, she has a quick mind and is good at putting ideas. All right, let's skip to the like blind spots. Can we skip to like yeah. the hard stuff? Let's skip to the hard stuff because our listeners are like, we don't give a shit about Ellie's. <laughs> okay, so tell me if this is true, that um, your blind spots may include not being a good listener or interrupting speakers. Oh, all the time. Okay. Hello. Exaggerating or not being completely accurate with facts. Maybe, but I think my husband would say that I exaggerate <laughs> or I'm not accurate with facts, but I'm pretty sure I am. Like, I'm not a fibber. Okay. Being too idealistic and setting unrealistic goals. Absolutely. <laughs> I tr- I fail every day. Like, you give me a to-do, I will write a to-do list, and there's no way I can accomplish it. And I almost feel like I do that just so I would feel bad at the end of the day. This is this is why it would be fun to work with you and really tough, because I'm, I'm, I have this thing, too, and I've gotten pretty good at, like, creating healthy boundaries. But, like, I think oh, you would totally matters. trigger my thing where I'm like, oh, yeah, we should totally do that. Yeah, let's create that thing. The other thing that I love about this is that it can help you... <laughs> Bianca would be dying right now. <laughs> it, 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 could, it can help you figure out, like, what type of college that would be good for you. So, like, mm-hmm. your college satisfiers, you would need to have you would, you know, have a nurturing involved faculty, personal yes. relationships yes. important to you, um, opportunities to develop your leadership skills, um, opportunities to help others, just great people to collaborate with on projects. That's great. That's what I went to Smith College and I went there because the student professor ratio was like 20 to one. Mm-hmm. Like it was it was crazy. Like we all knew our professors so well and they were like it was like, like we had smaller classes than in my high school. Awesome. Yeah. So when and when I read that I was like, Oh yeah, this this totally makes sense for And I think that if parents can know what their children's personality types are, that they're that yeah, they can help support their decisions more totally because because they're not thinking because sometimes you might think like oh well my child why why is she playing it safe and you're like mm. well that's not playing it safe that's just her personality type. right right right, right. It, and it's it's a little bit trickier to do myers-briggs super early because kids are right. still developing their preferences but you think high school you can yeah totally like 14 you 15 you, they can they start it, it's a, it gets a little bit clearer the older that, okay. that people get you know myers-briggs puts forth that we have these preferences that are innate and we just kind of they come out now sometimes as kids we can you know you could test them and the Myers-Briggs isn't like there's a different one that they could, the people can take for that but basically you know kids maybe test a certain way because that's how they're being conditioned or that's how right being yeah how much does conditioning parents. come into play well so I guess Myers-Briggs the position and I'm not a I wouldn't say that I'm an expert I would say that I'm like a really big fan what do you think I think that early on it's easier to see sort of I think the conditioning is is a much bigger it's not until we find ourselves quote unquote that we start to see like oh these are my preferences and you know they may not be my parents preferences and when we start to develop those and that's one of the things I love about it is that we can sort of start to identify like oh this is who I who I actually am separate from you know being a son or a daughter Okay, for our parents who have older children, we're definitely going to dive into some more tips for college essays. But first, we want to talk about essence objects. <laughs> and it's the same thing, which is good news. Like, this is the college essay stuff. So this is my favorite exercise, and it's the one that's the most efficient way to go deep fast. Okay, so you do this with your students. This is what I do with my students. And we can do it as parents. We can totally do caregivers. it right now. We're okay. going to do it on one-minute version right now. So I want you to imagine a box. And in this box is a set of essence objects. Now, what do I mean by essence objects? Each one of these represents an important essence for who you are. So I'm holding one in my hand right now because I always carry it with me. It's a green pen. And this green pen, for me, I always grade my students' essays in green because I don't like to use the other color. You won't even say the color? I won't say it. I usually, I usually I say that and then people say, oh, red. And I'm like, yeah. But people know it's the other color. And I ask, well, what do, what do we usually associate red with? Anger. Anger. Bad. You know what I associate red with? This huge, hideous couch that Adam had when we moved in together. (laughs) 
So it's basically all bad up and down. And it like took a year for me to right. get it out to the curb. Right. I use green because green for me represents uh, room for growth. It represents nature. It represents, in, I mean, even our culture, red means stop, green means go. And that's the essence I want to communicate, communicate to my students. So do they know that I'm saying that when I'm, no, like not on a conscious level, but it's reminding me when I come to my work with my students that I want this, these are the essences that I want to imbue. Oh my God, we're both wearing green bracelets. We also too. happen to be wearing green bracelets. Mine's a friendship bracelet from my wife. This is another essence object for me that she makes for me every year because she's totally my best friend. And it's like, you know, renewing the commitment each year. Mine's a little raggedy because it's a year old. Um, but that's another one. It just happens to be green. That's I don't... beautiful. Mine was given to me by Jill Willard, who was a guest on our show. Everyone should check out that episode. And it was about bringing more balance into my life. Awesome. And so there, I mean, that's that's a great essence object that for you, these are objects that represent something like a core value or something deeper. And so an aspirational core it, value. It could be an aspirational <laughs> core value. Totally. But that's I mean, that's like, yeah, what are you calling in? I mean, and for students who are writing their college essays, sometimes it's like, well, I don't have this quality yet, but that's why I want to go to college. Like I was talking to a girl yesterday who's like, I don't have community yet. And I don't have my my crew, my group. I'm, I've been bullied in my life, and I'm I'm the weird kid. And she wants to go to Reed College, and I was like, oh, that's so perfect because <laughs> they're gonna love you, and they're gonna be like, they come will. to us. She's like, I spent all my time reading, and kids would make fun of me, and I'm like, oh my gosh, you're perfect for Reed. So, and and in terms of aspiring, you know, this can be sometimes for, for kids who don't have this X thing. You know, kids don't have to come to their the process like complete. You know, we are not none of us complete beings, but some of these qualities that we're lacking, we can look to college as being like. It's kind of like there's there's a there's a form of theater that uh, that basically you know it's Paolo Ferrer anyway it's I don't need to get it Augusto Boal the theater of the oppressed yes. and the way it works is you don't round off the story at the end you actually stop at a moment and I'm not suggesting that every student should do this with their essay but you actually stop at a moment that's kind of unresolved and you leave this thing that's like, like a cliffhanger like a cliffhanger like a hope or a wish and I'm hoping that Reed can help is kind of like the imply at the end so you oh. kind of allow the reader to sort of and I'm again I'm totally not recommending that everybody do this with their essays I but love it it's kind of manipulative it's too kind of manipulative. because it's kind of like I gotta help save this kid. Here, exactly. Like here are all these unmet needs, and but it's vulnerable, and it's and it, it, you know you've got to make sure that you're expressing vulnerability, core values in the essay, all these things. And wait, really fast. Go. Do you, with the students, mm-hmm. like vulnerability is a big thing, and obviously it's really important. But what do you do so that they don't that they're not too vulnerable? Blah, too look, I got so vulnerable saying vulnerable, <laughs> I couldn't say it. How do you? What do you say to kids about sort of like protecting their stuff? Because sometimes, especially as teenagers, mm-hmm. people put it all out there, yeah. like everything out there. Right. And so how do you say like, oh, well, maybe this isn't where do you find that balance So to protect because self-protection is important, right? Or so, not. So, I don't know. I think it is. Bianca is more like just share everything. Well, it, it depends. So there's like the emotional level that we're talking about. Like if we were just talking as, as like, you know, in, in, in brainstorm mode, where in that mode, I think let's go ahead and talk about it. And let's get it out there. When it comes to the essay, I think that it's the, the core thing that you've got to demonstrate is are you going to contribute something of value to a college campus and beyond? And so in demonstrating that, I think a good model way of thinking about it is if you've been through challenges, if you experience stuff, to think about it as like a one-third, one-third, one-third. So all your challenges you've experienced, get them into the first 200 words because that's really not why you get into college. You don't get into college because your parents got divorced because you were bullied. You get into college because of how you metabolized the experience. Ooh, I love that. How you metabolized the experience. Because <laughs> I do think about of it, it as resilience. Yeah. Like, like how, yeah, what, what did you, you do about it? it? And then what did you learn? And so, and what gifts can you give from that exactly. experience? And those hopefully, you know, so we see in the first third, like, Here's the setup. You know, it gets to you know feel the vulnerable like parts of you and see, fit, identify what were those unmet needs, and then well, what did you do about it? How did you actually meet those needs? And then what have you learned through the experience? And it's that second two thirds. So if kids are worried, oh, I'm worried about oversharing, or I think this topic is off limits, like. Honestly, not many topics are off limits. Like, I have had students write about eating disorders. I had a student write about her cutting herself. And you might think, whoa, super edgy, not going to put it out there. But this, the question I ask students is when parents are trying to help students, is like, is the student sufficiently, has the student processed this enough to be able to write about it with some distance and to talk about those gifts? Right. Or are they still really in, in the thick it. of things? Are so, and it? we can kind of go like, or do we have time to kind of develop it? Do we have like a couple months where the student can process this and think about other connections to their life? And then we like squish it up because most students, when they're writing about their challenges for the first time, are like, here's, and some 90% of the essay is like, finally I get to tell, tell somebody this. Right. And then the last 10% is like, 
I'm hoping things get better, but it's like, okay, great. Thank you. But let's move it up and, and let's talk about what did you do about it? And that takes a lot of processing. And so the student gets put in this position of like making all these connections. And so rather than reporting on their past, they're actually in the process of becoming and what the essay is like a record of this becoming rather than a report on who I've been. Okay, and how could moms do that? Like, I, cause I feel like we're, totally. yeah, because we're, we talk a lot on the show kind of about like, you can write in the mornings or we just had um, an awesome fiction writer on and totally. like, she was talking about how therapeutic it was for her to start writing when, yeah. when she had little kids because there's so much time alone. So totally. like, how can we start kind of exploring our stories? If you Google the word interesting questions, you'll find a blog post that I have called 100 Brave and Interesting Questions. You also put them as Facebook posts and they always wig me out. Don't you? You put sometimes interesting questions oh. as like on your fa- Facebook status my, update. So for example, last two weeks ago I posted like, because I'm, I'm writing for the book, I'm writing a book that's coming out in the spring. And, and what's it called? It's called College Essay Essentials. And Can it, I get a signed copy? Totally. Can we do a little giveaway? Yeah, totally. That would be awesome. Yeah. The um, but in terms of the, the one of the qualities I'm talking about is vulnerability, and you know I've been I watched this the amazing Renee Breen or Brene Brown uh, Brene 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 Brown Brene Brown Brene Brene right Brene Brene <laughs> Brene you. Brown she's got a new book called yeah. Daring Greatly I was Which listening I to it on my way here awesome we're like we're like the same person oh yeah so she's from Houston awesome I always tell our listeners when someone's from Houston awesome. it's so stupid. <laughs> So I'm I'm writing about vulnerability. So yeah, I asked this question out on Facebook, what makes you vulnerable? And was that was so much material for my friends roasting me because they're like, oh my gosh, Ethan. But anyway, so to answer your question about how moms can use it, like what we need, I think is, I think oftentimes I find myself suffering in conversations because the questions just are not that interesting. Like we end up asking like BS stuff like, so. What have you been up to? Yeah, like informational stuff. And I find that we just need we need better questions. And okay, well, I've got a question, and we're going to keep it for the end of the podcast, okay. but just as a teaser. Okay. I can't wait to ask you about how you kept your 11-month-old alive at Burning Man for a week. <laughs> I'd be totally happy to talk about that. Living in a tent. Totally. Okay, we're going to talk about that at the end. Okay, so getting back to questions. Better so, questions. Yeah, so I had a friend... Uh, who was like, I'm having trouble connecting with people at parties. And I was like, well, what questions are you asking? He's like, what they do for their living, how they're doing. And I'm like, you need better questions. So I, I created this I think he needs a list. better drink in his cup. <laughs> this is a guy who drinks too. But that's a good, that's, I'll, I'll let him know that. So <laughs> so you could just, just drink. Or like, so if on this list, you know, it's questions like, you know, interesting questions like, Ellie, what's your actual superpower? Oh, I just like judged myself so hardcore. Did I did. I went straight to like a, a shot at myself. Aww. I said, invi- I was, in my mind, I go, invisibility. <laughs> and I was like, well, that's a shitty thing to say. Well, how does that serve you? Invisibility? Mm-hmm. I guess it keeps me out of trouble. Okay. But I'm not invisible <laughs> You're not, at all. You're very visible. I'm very visible. My super power. Your actual superpower. What are you awesome at? I would say again, empathy. I'm noticing a theme. I am too, or repetition. But yeah. that's, that's what a theme is, right? You're right. <laughs> I'll say the negative version, which is repetition. <laughs> I know. Okay, yeah, empathy. Anyway, so I, I love what that, that, just watching your face. And, and getting like people excited. And I'm, you know what I'm really good at? What? Here's my superpower. Okay. You talk to me about something, I can tell you like what you should do with it. I can pinpoint mm, what intuitive. the actual special thing is. I, you know what my superpower is? Figuring out what other people's superpowers are. This is That's helping. my superpower. Okay, this is helping people realize their potential, right? Yeah. It's like, and I come back to this Myers-Briggs thing. And by the way, we didn't explain it earlier, but Myers-Briggs is this, it's basically a system, it's a personality assessment that was based on Carl Jung's work. And by the reason we talk about it so much, we're both kind of geeks for it, is because, well, if I'll speak for myself, that I feel like it can help us You can see, throw me in. Okay. I feel like it helps us, uh, one, connect with people. Like, I feel like I, I know like a thousand things about Ali, just knowing that we're the same type. And it also helps me, and we can talk about this in a few minutes, but it helps me in my work know how to work better with students. And it also helps me to understand like my relationship with my wife better. 
you know, it helps me understand my relationship with my brothers better. And so I feel like in terms of our family dynamics, I do less judging and thinking, oh, that person's wrong. And actually, oh, that person is just process, processing information in a different way. And talk about empathy. Like, it really raises my empathy when I know that somebody is actually just you know make you know has a different mechanism for making decisions that's you know that's different from mine come back to that in a second but i want to i want to finish this thought so in terms of these questions i feel like we just need better questions and so the i guess the 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 tip i would give for moms is like check out this these hundred questions and then just in each morning like just write on one of the questions like do your morning pages your artist way stuff but just grab a question that feels exciting or interesting to you you know like one of the questions that i love is well this is more for for guys but like for men what what would you what would you do differently if your father were dead wow yeah another question i love is like yeah right yeah that's really good another one i love is what and that comes from, I think, David Data, actually. I'm like a quote. Who's David machine. Data? He's a great uh, thinker. He talks a lot about relationships and male and female dynamics and stuff. Um, another one that I love is, what's the toughest decision that you made this year? What's the toughest decision that you made today? That's a great quality of life question. Like, hmm. was it like pumpkin spice latte or like... <laughs> You know what I mean? And like other people in other parts of the world, like my dream would be to just go around the world and ask people this question, you know, was I going to feed myself or feed my children? Let's do it. I'm sensing an Atomic Moms documentary series. Yeah. I think I love the way your brain works. What? I'm just like, let's do it. Yeah. Awesome. I I think it would be a great, and I think it would be like, we'd have to crowdsource it too. We'd have to just invite people. So in terms of these questions, like I feel like sometimes we just need a little bit of outside stimulus because it's hard, for, for example, it's hard for me to like sit down and just write what's in my head. Like that feels kind of like aimless and not super. So having just or like self-indulgent. A, yeah. Yeah. Having a, a specific thing and then how it can connect to therefore, what do you do with that? You know, I think that by, by starting to write and answer these deeper questions, we start to identify, I'm coming back to core values because I think they're like at the heart of everything and in our unmet needs um, I think we start to you know get more in touch with those and we become more self-reflective and we we're able to you know more confidently just be in the world by you know just getting in there and I think what it takes as, as a new parent is like is saying yes to yourself I think that when I talk to my wife about this is like we have to find ways to say yes to me like to, to look out for ourselves and yes our child is going to be there and is super important but we have to like you know, it sounds cheesy, but take yourself on dates, even if it's like a five minute date. Yeah, um, I just did. I just recorded an interview with Tony Hale and like self care came up a lot. And it is, it's so important. And I, I think it, there's nothing sexier than a man, than a dad talking about self care because hmm. I feel like that's so rare. I mean, moms never seem to do it, but we're always talking about how yeah. we should be doing it. But I think so many men never discuss it because it feels so almost feminine or Mm self-indulgent to sort of take care of yourself because you feel like you have to take care of the rest of the world. Yeah, I definitely feel, have felt, especially becoming a dad. And when we found out that Veronica was pregnant, I started, my friend Rizzo calls it baby racing, where you basically start to like, oh, I got to make a ton of money right now and like working three times as hard. And so my husband totally experienced that. Yeah. So I'm just coming back to like in the last few weeks, like starting to feel a little bit more balanced and it's become, it's having conversations with my wife and her saying like, I need more help. Like with the baby and me going okay so the new game that i play with myself is okay i want to spend two hours with zola in the morning because that sounds awesome and then okay how can i be more productive and more efficient in the rest of the day and it actually you know i can do it and make it work but another thing that my friend laura says that i wanted to mention is that we can't like we talk about self-care a lot and i feel like that's super important but it's also really important to have fun like actual fun not like taking an extra 30 minutes in the bath but like having like that extra margarita you know and oh, i hear you you know there. what i'm saying like i did that last night and i was like this yes, was my no, self-care is like fun. i made myself a margarita okay so having fun we got to talk about burning man okay. first of all explain to our listeners what burning man is i know it as a series of photographs i see on facebook once a year and because i have a friend who lives up the street who takes a van what i imagine is a bunch of naked people painted and they create a crazy city and there's really cool art but everyone has really dirty feet mm-hmm. and it's really far from civilization what mm-hmm. is it really so it's anything that you want it to be 
And by that, I don't mean to be like kind of like sneaky, but I, I, I mean that many people sneakster. leave Burning Man with different experiences. And so for me, like in my early 20s, because we've been going for like 12 years now, my early 20s, it was like, here's my opportunity to see mind blowing art and to dance till dawn and to just, you know, have my mind blown with connection, with seeing people. And as I get older and older, it becomes more about there are tons of workshops and experiences there to, you know, opportunities to really connect, to do amazing meditation and yoga, et cetera. So build your culture following to build my cult following so we <laughs> have a kidding. cult no it's funny we have we had a, a group that we camped with and they were kind of party party a little bit more and so i we formed this other group called listen and our camp is, is about helping to anchor a space for radical intimacy and so we create that sounds like orgy to me does it <laughs> radical intimacy you, i'm just saying totally what a few listeners are thinking there's totally an orgy dome right down the street really but what what's the about, name of that camp that's the orgy dome it's literally called the orgy dome and <gasps> there's i mean do you want to like do you want me to like tell you some stuff that's there like some shocking stuff sure but I also are there showers there before I even know no. like are they just people are just stinky well and they're having the, orgies the desert kind of wicks away the sweat so it's actually not too bad but there's the, that's the, that's one of the great things about it. it's like it's kind of a high bar like it really has to be it's you really got to like push to get out there and once you get out there it's quite like okay you're now you're at yeah, the, how far of a drive is it it's like you know from LA it's like 11 12 hours 12 hours with a baby in the car oh you want to know about that so okay I so don't it's say. like it's so awful I can't even you you drive 12 hours we to drove get through to the, the night. desert we, we we started at 7 p.m. when we put her down so she slept from 7 to 6 we stopped in Reno Right? How does your wife? Okay. So she's sleeping through the night. We did the hashtag Ferber method. She's sleeping through the night. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. The Ferber method. Here's like real mom talk. So yeah. my wife and I did a bunch of. Well, she did most Ferber of the research. Ferber method is like. What you is that? Cry every, it out? You go. No, no, no. You go. Well, it's, you, they cry for a little bit. You go in after yeah. 10 minutes, after 12 minutes, after 15 right. minutes. Soothe them. You don't pick them up. You let them go right. back to sleep. That's it's, what we it's, did. It's hell for like three or four days. And then know. it's great. It's hell in like. You know, like Merlot and like Scrabble, speed Scrabble. We played Scrabble and drank Merlot while she was crying. See, there you go. But, you know, my rationalization for it was always that she's going to cry so much more throughout a year right. if I drag it out right. than she will in those spurts See, in a few days. There's a high quality no right there. It's like what I'm saying yes to is I'm saying yes to the peace and calm that she's going to experience for the rest of the year. So. There you go, my high quality. No, I love it. I love okay, it. so so we Reno we did Ferber method so, so that sleeps, she sleeps through the night. So right. she goes down at seven and she's up yes. at six. So we woke up, did our Trader Joe's run, and then rode into the desert. And she was super like, wow. I mean, that's that's her, her. She has two words, hi, and she says really hi, and and then uh, wow. She goes whoa, uh. and so we pulled in. You know, she's ten months old, and she's just going whoa, whoa, <laughs> and. I, it was, I mean, it was kind of amazing at first. And we're like, wow. And everybody's like, oh my God, I can't believe you've done this. Thank you. And so part of us felt like, okay, this is crazy. We're doing this intense. Were you the only, how many babies were there? Our, our really close friends brought their one-year-old yes. who just learned to walk. So we brought so a- So Radical Intimacy Tent has two babies. <laughs> has two babies. Camp Listen had two babies. Oh, Camp Listen. And everybody, it's fine. You can do that. Um, everybody <laughs> there was like- this is the year of the babies. And there was so much, like, in terms of, like, okay, so here, here's, what, here's one of the things I learned. And I think, Veronica, I can speak for my wife on this. Like, you know, it takes a village. Like, this was a real opportunity to allow the village to, like, step up. Because... And did the village want to step up? Or was the village totally, like, why did you bring your baby? Totally. Well, if they were, they weren't telling us that overtly. <laughs> because we're, like, it's like an older group. We're not in our 20s yes. where it's, like, we just want to go party. It was, like, hey, let's, like, sit down and, like, have a conversation and, like, look at this amazing human who's out here in the middle of nowhere. It has no business being out here, but... But like she's out here so there was lots of like you know, there were moments we would be joking like the babies would kind of like wander off like the little you know pad that we'd set up and we'd be like hey village you know <laughs> like, uh -huh. and like call out to people and people would totally respond but for for me and for my wife it was like i think beginning the process of like letting go just a little bit and letting other people help in the caretaking process which was huge we had this um little um blow up like pool and uh you know and so we put the babies in it and that actually helped me like relax a lot more but you know one of the things that i really noticed more than that i was able to like sort of one of the things that burning man does is it strips away a lot of the technology and everything so you can really mm -hmm. feel your feelings and one of the ones that i really felt was how when i'm with when i'm talking to someone 
you know, if Zola is in the room, like 30% or like 50% of my energy is right there with her, right? So I'm not actually fully having a conversation with somebody. And just noticing what percentage of my attention was able to be fully in the conversation was really enlightening just to kind of track that and be aware of that. Um, and how do I manage that? And I'm, and I'm still, you know, figuring that out. It's I like, always feel so guilty. Do you? Because I have like, my... Uh, best friend Claire was in town from Portland, you know Claire, and I, she was a guest, everybody, check out our Claire Coffee episode, she brought her amazing son mm. to our home, and half the time I was f- making sure Sabrina didn't kill the baby, right. because she's just, she's two, so yeah. she doesn't, she, you know, path, be gentle, 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 yeah. and then half the time I'm... Um, you're kind of letting him duke it out like gladiators. Well, like, hey, I mean, what yeah, happens, happens. Inter- <laughs> right. Survival of the <laughs> oldest. <laughs> yeah, that's what it's like at that age, right? right. Um, half the time, I'm trying to catch up with my good friend. And I notice, like, you know, I'm suddenly, I'm feeding Sabrina stuff that, like, I normally wouldn't feed her oh. because I don't have the time or oh. the focus. I thought so, you were, like, like, showing off with her foods. No, <laughs> see, I'm the opposite. Suddenly, like, she's eating the leftovers she had for lunch. Right. And I'm hoping my friend doesn't notice. Right. And I'm hoping Sabrina doesn't notice. Right. But that it's hard for me. I'm such a good mom when I can dial in. Yeah. And when I have company over, I'm I'm not as good at it. Yeah. Conflicting it's, it's, I have conflict, yeah, conflicting values. Right. Ooh. This is, there you listen, go. You're wanna, right. That's it. I want to say that as two theater kids, like this is the basic of basis of drama. Because drama is competing loves. Love for being present with my daughter and da, 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 taking care of her. Love for connecting with Claire. And when those come into conflict, that's like that's how drama that's all drama everywhere, right? Is like oh, so two good. things that you really love being pulled in two directions. I love that because I always think of conflict as a negative thing when actually it's just, just Competing loves. Competing loves. I love it. We just totally just just redefine conflict. Okay, and really fast because we have been going down all these amazing rabbit holes. Some listeners are like, I'm still imagining my box. And I'm seeing some things in my box. <laughs> Sounds dirty. Perfect. And what? What? Uh, so what? What go do we back. do with that? Yeah. What do we do with it? Okay. So if we're if we're writing a college essay, or if we're just like being humans and how life. about being humans? Okay. So being Cubans. Cubans. Um, <laughs> uh, if we're just being being, being caregivers. Somos cubanos. Bueno, tú sabes. So if we're just being human. Yeah. Say it in a Cuban voice. Bueno. You? Why would I say, brother, like Miami, if, if it was like Miami, like Cuban, it would be like more like this, bro. All right, so like, uh, so you got this essence object box, right? Yes. All right, so like what you do is like you take, I'm not going to do that. Okay, you uh, be French now. Uh, oui. Uh, okay, so you are looking at your objects box, right? And you are um, examining what each one means to you. And one useful thing you can do is you can uh, have a conversation with someone and just discuss the objects in your box. And this could be someone that you know very well, or it can be someone you're getting to know, and it can help you um, get to know one another. Another okay. accent. Surfer guy. Uh, surfers like uh, up here. Okay, so uh, one of the things for me that I feel like the essence object box like helped me do is like I feel like it helped me get like more real, like in touch with like me like one of my essence object boxes is like one like one of the objects is like sand because i feel like each one of us is like a beautiful grain of sand you know what i'm saying <laughs> british professor right G- give me like an app give me like a okay. weird one i don't know vampire what's weird vampire like okay, like wait. dracula or like young vampire i don't know dracula whichever okay. you want Dracula. Oh, that's good. So, um, speaking of this uh, object box, yes, <laughs> um, one of the essence objects for me is um, blood, because it is life-giving, you know, and it is also um, something that uh, you can put on anything. You can put it on chicken or. Um, <laughs> it's getting a little fresh. Okay, and how does it help me? Okay, so I've so got my things you? in my okay. box, and I can talk to people about the things in my the box. Things in your box. <laughs> and then what? Okay, so I feel like it can. It, this comes back to. 
the core values thing is that I feel like it can help us anchor those parts of ourselves that were real that are really core for us that help us that are our go-to things like you know this this green pen that I mentioned it helps me connect to just this this value of like supporting others um, this green bracelet helps me understand not just that it's like this sort of like um, oh my gosh I've got to, I'm married and this is like ball and chain but actually like <laughs> this like if I can connect that to a value so that there's another part of the exercise where you connect it to values and it's like well what value does this help uh you know help me connect to i would say for right now in my if you really knew me in my relationship with my wife um i would i would connect it to variety because one of the things we're working we've been together like 10 years and so i'm i'm seeking in my relationship with my wife and we're, we're trying to find more varied experiences and how can we you know get outside the box as it were uh-huh. um and so it, it can create those those links that help us to to like to set really fun goals not just like oh here's the thing that i have to do that i said i would do but like well what would be really fun um so anyway so it it can help us to anchor those those parts of ourselves that we know and really cherish and are like our gold but also be like okay who am i on the verge of becoming who do i want to become um and it can help us you know sort of create you know aspirational images for ourselves so well thank you for helping us identify who we are as parents we'll be right back Hey guys, that was so much fun. I'm staring at this worksheet. What do I value? And it's kind of intimidating me. Uh, Here are some of the other ones you guys can think about. Community, inspiration, money, intellect, status, financial gain, laughter, serenity, physical challenge, responsibility, competition, career, fame, working with others, freedom, security, strength, self-control, hunger, personal development. And it goes on and on and on. So we will share this worksheet with you all. Uh, Thanks for tuning in and share with friends and for our mom bomb today, uh, I had the opportunity to sit down with Mr. Tony Hale. He is a multi Emmy Award winner. You know him from Veep and Arrested Development. And I was able to sit down with him recently to discuss his children's book, Archibald's Next Big Thing. And we talk a lot about parenting and about trying to sit in a quiet space and mindfulness and a lot of the stuff that we kind of talked about with Ethan today also. So for our mom bomb today, I'm going to let Mr. Tony Hale share one of his. This is a quote from Albert Einstein. It says, everybody is a genius, but if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will live its whole life believing that it's stupid. So trust in your goodness, live out your greatness, rock on Atomic Moms. 